Welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are recording late night, May 17th. I am Pat Donovan, joined by Nick Lugatino. What's up? Uh, lots of news. Lots and lots and lots and lots of news is what's up. Lots of injuries, which are terrible and depressing, but we're going to run through them all and let you know what we think about the players. Uh, we're going to review some injured candidates that – you might want to some injured players that you may want to trade for and what you should offer to get them. And we're also going to do a segment called name a player, but let's jump into the news and notes because we've got so much to run through tonight. Uh, James Paxton forearm strain, Jameson Tyone, unfortunately um, has been diagnosed with testicular cancer. Uh, and Kent Ameda was put on the DL with hamstring tightness. These are three of the pitcher injuries that have occurred since we last recorded. All three are on the DL. Paxton's expected back uh, before the end of the month. Uh, Tyone is obviously a huge unknown. Um, and Meda, I think we can agree that the Dodgers are kind of messing around with the 10-day DL because they've got so many starting arms. They want to keep everybody healthy. At least that's the speculation I would have. I don't know if you agree with that, Nick. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Okay. So we've talked about pitchers on the wire over the last couple of weeks. Is there anybody new that's caught your eye? Uh, wave wire pitchers right now, it's it's pretty scarce. Under 30%, it's tough because everybody's injured. So everybody in any league, I mean, it's... I don't agree with that. Well, tell us who you like. Okay, well, I mean, 50% ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Charlie Morton, Graveman is out there in 43% of leagues. Patrick Corbin, Nate Carnes is out there in 23% of leagues. J.C. Ramirez continues to pitch pretty well for the Angels. He's out there. Luis Perdomo um, of the Padres has pitched well. Uh, He was owned 4% as of the other night. Uh, He's had a good start, so I'm assuming he's probably going to be up somewhere around 10% now. Um, But of that group, I like Carnes the most, and we're going to talk about him a little later, so I don't want to go too deep into him. Um, but I think there are guys out there, depending on the depth of your league. I mean, if you're in a deeper league, yeah. I mean, our league is insane in terms of the pitching that's out there. There's nothing there. But I think in most leagues, you can find an arm to get you through, um, uh, at least an arm that has some kind of upside. A.J. Griffin is another name that I didn't mention um, that I'm not necessarily crazy about, but he's a guy that if you spot start him in the right places against the right team um, – he can get you a quality start. Okay, so let me ask you this. With all these injuries, both pitching-related and entirely unexpected, what is the value of a healthy, productive pitcher? Like, let's say you own Zach Greinke. Isn't right now an ideal time to toss his name out there and see what you can get for him? Yeah, without a doubt. Right now, you know, pitching value is through the roof. Healthy pitchers who are pitching well at the moment are 
worth a lot more than they should be. So, I mean, I'd be shopping my healthy pitchers who are pitching well and preying on teams that are that are panicking to make up for their injured starters. Like right now, if 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 you're in a league where let's just say, and this is this is a little lopsided, but let's just say you see a deal that's cranky for Daniel Murphy. Like before the season started, you'd be like, absolutely not. That's a terrible offer. But right now, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think I would deny that trade. I think I would actually like approve it. Is that too lopsided for you at the moment? Or like, cause that's like the line, like where I was looking at. Like, no, what? I mean, I don't think it would be a trade that I would vote against in terms of a veto. Um, and depending on the situation, yeah, I can absolutely understand it. I mean, you know, there are teams out there that just have nothing left at pitching at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I would advise that team to take an alternate route. Uh, but, you know, other than selling away a player like Daniel Murphy. But, no, I, I couldn't, you know, tell somebody not to do that trade because it's – it's just the landscape right now, and I think that's why if you've been lucky enough that your staff has maintained relative help, that you need to shop, you know your, you know your your extra healthy pitchers to see what you can get from it. The market is in your favor right now. I mean, you can even get a, a two for one in your favor. I mean, you can take Granky and turn him into, you know. Uh, a starting caliber outfielder or a starting caliber infielder and, you know, maybe even get a pitcher back that struggled that you like. I mean, a guy that I like that's off to kind of a rough start is Jared Eikhoff. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to get Eikhoff and a starting caliber player for, for a pitcher like Granke. Yeah, me too. Or even a Garrett Cole, who, uh, who I love. But, I mean, I, I still – I mean, if somebody's going to give me, you know, a, a, a position player that was going in the third or fourth round in March – you know, that's off to a halfway decent start. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, if you, if, now quick question, if you have sale right now, mm-hmm. um, let's say your, your staff is, cause if you drafted an okay pitching staff, but you're fully healthy, you probably have one of the best pitching in the league right now. Um, you know, given the, the injuries, uh, if you own Chris sale, are you shopping him? I, if, if I'm in a position where I've got a relatively healthy staff, I'm listening on every single one of my pitchers. Okay. Regardless of stature or, or whatever, because the market is so in my favor that I've got to listen to everybody because somebody might make me a godfather offer for sale. And if I turn around and say, I'm not listening on sale, automatically that godfather offer is rejected. Well, we have, not even hearing we have, it. We have someone in our league that just said they they're thinking about trading sale for Bryant, which would definitely get approved. If you have, let's just say, a, 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 already a, a very good offense and your pitching is so-so, like, are you making that deal regardless if that's an automatic deal for you? or No. Oh, really? No way. Nope. Okay. You're saying me giving up Bryant for sale? No, no, no. Trading sale for Bryant. Oh, yes. Yes, I would like, like, So you're making it all the time, like, basically, no matter what the situation it would have to be a very extreme situation for yeah, me to I agree. even think I, about it. I agree with you. I would do the same thing. Okay. All right. Uh, several closer changes uh, due to 
injuries and ineffectiveness. Zach Britton out a month and a half to two months with a forearm strain. This is his second. Um, it's expected that Brad Brock will have the role. He's come in and not pitched well. Uh, take your pick, Brock, O'Day, somebody else. Yeah, I, I still I still like Brock better than O'Day, but they're they're similar as far as their consistency. But I just recently traded Brock because it's still it's a temporary position, even though it, it's it's a little bit lengthier now. But he hasn't looked good. He's given up at least one earned run in four of his last five outings. He's walking guys. He just doesn't look sharp. So. That's why I traded him. But, yeah, I, I, I do have more faith in Brock than O'Day. Yeah, I like Brock better than O'Day uh, as well. But if O'Day is out there and I'm desperate, I would definitely pick him up because I think yeah. Brock is one bad outing away from ceding the role to O'Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Familia uh, has a blood clot in his shoulder. He's going to be out. He's placed on the 60-day DL. I believe he's out about three months at best. Um you would take Addison Reed over both those guys, right? Oh, without a doubt. I love okay. Reed. And I, and, I, and I would spend like 30% of my free agent money to pick him up. Yeah, I have it at 35 to 40%. Yeah. On Addison Reed. Reed. But I, I'm betting that he's probably gone at this point. Uh, yeah. Melanson was injured with the forearm strain, but he's already back off the DL. Um, Derek Lowe was the guy while he's gone. If I was the Melanson owner, and Law is out there, I would um, – if I have the bench room, I would pick up Law just to be safe, just to avoid the Britain situation uh, from happening to me. Um, you know, forum strains, they come, they go, they can reoccur, and they can recur, reoccur at a greater severity. So I think to ensure yourself, it would be wise to grab Law for a week or two. Would you agree with that? Yep. Uh, K-Rod has been replaced as the closer. Justin Wilson is in. I know Wilson pitched tonight. I did not get a chance to look at what he did. Um, but let's just say outright, what do you think between Wilson and Addison Reed? Well, with those two, it's close. But I think that they're a lot further ahead. On my list, Wilson uh, Wilson got the save tonight. One inning, one hit, one walk, two Ks. Yeah, he's got a one point so, five ERA. So it, for me, it goes Wilson Reed Strickland. I'm, I'm sorry, Wilson Reed probably Brock Strickland. Um, but Wilson is like by far my favorite person on the list. Um, I think he runs away with the job and winds up being this year's Alex Colome. He strikes out the world, doesn't walk many. He's got. A nice 98-mile-per-hour fastball, nice off-speed curve for the Ks. I think he rolls, and I'm spending a lot more than, like – I mean, him and him and Reed are closer, but I still like Wilson, like, a lot more than all those guys. I like Reed better than Wilson, but it is close. Um, the reason why is, is I don't think that Reed is in a situation where he's got any kind of competition. Um, and with Wilson, he's a lefty, and I worry that if Detroit stays in the race, they'll deal for a better closing option and push Wilson to a setup role where he's been traditionally used. Like I could see them making a deal for like Alex Colome and Colome going into the closer role and then Wilson stepping back. I don't think the Mets are as likely to make that sort of deal. Hmm. Okay, uh, so some hitters. 
Brian Braun to the DL, strained calf, plus he's got other issues. Are you holding, trying to sell, and who are you trying to pick up to replace Braun? Yeah, I'm holding. Uh, the good thing about Braun is he's been good whenever he's played, so I don't think, like, I don't think he's completely breaking down. Uh, but he has had a plethora of minor injuries over the last two seasons. I'm holding him. I'm holding him if I own him. Um, and if he can stay healthy on this offense at any point of this season, he could, he could really be special. So I, I have a lot of faith in Braun. I think he's going to be okay this year. Uh, the pickups that I look at, uh, Jason Worth right now looks great. He has a lot of Braun's qualities. Um, Josh Bell, another guy, he's just 30% owned still. I'm not sure why he's just 30%. Uh, Shinsu Chu, actually, also kind of Braun-esque. He's just 11% owned, and he's batting atop a loaded offense with Beltre coming back soon. So he'll score a bunch of runs and do what he does. So those three guys could all be pretty good and solid while he's on the deal. Yeah, I, I like those names. Worth was one I had down. Um, I also have Shebler and Domingo Santana, power bats that offer some speed. Uh, Keon Broxton, if he's out there, has been red hot, but he's a little bit more on the speed pack spectrum, but he's also a power speed asset. Uh, Josh Reddick is a name that I don't think you mentioned, but I think he's sort of similar to that worth um, two sort of class being that he's sitting near the top of the line for the Astros. He's going to be a good source for runs. Um, if there's a place to take a hit, I think you would agree it's the outfield, right? Because oh yeah, there's just an abundance of options that you can have to replace guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Another outfielder that got hurt, AJ Pollock, ruined strain. Um, no official timetable at this point. Are you holding, trying to sell, or buying? Aside from who we mentioned with Braun, is there another potential target that you like to specific, specifically replace Pollock? Yeah, I'm 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 holding him as well. Um, you know, pa- I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Pollock, but you can't sell him when he just got the injury. A guy I like to replace Pollock is Margot. Um, I liked him, you know, prior to the se- beginning of the season. He's got, you know. Uh, some power. He's got some speed. Yeah, the Padres lineup is quote unquote terrible, but they've looked okay. You've got the emergence of some players right now, like Jet Bandy and some others that you know. Myers has been playing. Jet Bandy is on. Jet Bandy is on the walking. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the catcher's name? The, the prospect that just came. Hedges. Uh, Hedges is. Yeah, Hedges has been good, and uh, Myers has been great. So the offense isn't so bad. And I like Margot's game. Yeah, I like the I like the Margot selection. I hadn't thought of him, but I think that that's a good one. Um, teammate David Peralta um, heard his glute, but he's a potential option. Um, Delano DeShields is going to be available in almost every league, and he's a guy that could replace some of Pollock's speed. Um, I believe he's only owned in 7% of leagues, and I would circle back to Worth and Reddick from um, who we talked about with Braun. Uh, Gregory Polanco also hurt, also on the DL with a hamstring issue. Um, you would basically look at the same universe of players that we just talked about, right, to replace Polanco? Yes, yeah, pretty much kind of like similar skill sets. Yeah, okay. All right, Trevor Story um, was added to the DL with a shoulder strain, holding, trying to sell, and who are you picking up? Yeah, you got to hold. The, the problem is he was having a bad season prior to injury, so his value right now is at an all-time low. I would definitely go buy him, as I'm actually trying to do in our league. Uh, you can't sell unless someone's really willing to pay. So you got to hold him, and I I think he's going to be okay at some point this season and roll, 
Um, but someone to replace him with right now. Swanson, uh, Dansby Swanson really got off to a bad start out of the gate, but he's starting to come around. He's batting 364 in the last week and a half with a 968 OPS. He's hitting the ball all over the field at the moment, and there's room to climb up that lineup, uh, especially if Freddie Freeman is out. He got injured tonight on the wrist. Things don't sound good. I'm guessing that he would be the guy that they push up considering how well he's been hitting lately. Um, I also like Didi. He changed his game the last over the last year, two years. He's another guy hitting the ball all over the field. He looks great. But I really like Swanson right now. Um, he's going to be a good player. Reminds me of Ben, a cheaper version of Ben Attende. Yeah, I, I like both those choices. Um, Marwin Gonzalez is a guy that's owned in a majority of leagues but might still be out there in shower leagues. You have the question of full-time at-bats. Uh, Zach Kozart's off to a great start this year. He's available in about 40% of leagues. Um, Hernan Perez is a guy that's seen close to every day at bats. He's only in about 50% of leagues. Um, then there are some guys that aren't seeing every day at bats on a regular basis, but have opportunities now because of injury. Um, they are Taylor motor and, uh, Chris Taylor on the Dodgers. I think a sneaky play might be to try and go out and trade for Brad Miller though. Um, Miller is a guy that brings some pop to the table. He's got eligibility. So when Story comes back, he can go to the bench. Um, and I think that they're kind of similar skill sets, and they're guys that are going to be streaky because they're power-hitting middle infielders. So, uh, you know, when one's hot, the other one might not be. You might be able to combine the two and get a superior player that way. Jose Barrios was called up this weekend, started on Saturday, went seven and two-thirds, four Ks, one earned run. What do you think of Barrios? He's currently owned in about 41% of leagues. Should that be higher? Yeah, I, I, I love Barrios. I don't really care what happened last year. He, he just came up. He was still so young. Uh, you know, the big problem last year was he really couldn't locate the fastball. But he's got big-time K potential, and the breaking stuff is off the charts. I love the upside. I still think he's a bit raw. But he's going to break out soon. It, it could be this year. It could be next year. But I, I would stash him right now just in case because when he does, it's, it's going to be in a big way. I am, I'm kind of lukewarm on Berrios. Um, on the one hand, he's been really good in the minors, and this start was really good, and it was against a good team on the road, which is all impressive. On the other hand, it's only one start, so you don't want to judge it too highly. He didn't have the Ks or the whiffs. Um, he threw a heavy dose of fastballs and was in the zone almost 60% of the time and showed severe fly ball tendencies, which in today's game is not a good sign. Um, again, that's all with one start worth of data, so you don't want to judge it too harshly in, in either direction, but it is a lot of pitches in the zone. Um, I think he needs to be owned in more than 41% because he's got the upside, um, but I'm not convinced that the upside is going to cash in here. Um, Given the landscape, though, I think he's a guy you have to take a chance on. Yuan Moncada, uh, despite tearing up AAA, Rick Hahn indicated that Moncada is not close to being called up. What are you thinking in terms of time frame here, Nick? I don't know. I actually think he is going to be up soon. I think within the next month he will be. Like, I think he's. De- I think he's definitely going to be up before July. Uh, I would say a mid to late June. Okay, um, mid to late June. 
Yeah, I'm I'm in mid June. I think he's going to be called up in the second or third week of June, right around what is commonly known as the Super Two deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean the Super Two deadline isn't a, isn't a hard date, but that's normally where it comes to pass. Um, so it's not going to be incredibly soon, but it's within the month. Um, but I think now if you have the ability to stash him, I think he's a decent stash. Um, other stuff of note, Robinson Cano DL'd with a quad. Donaldson and Tulowitzki are expected back uh, within the next week or so. Um, there was some talk they'd be back before the weekend. It doesn't sound like that's going to come to pass. J.D. Martinez has come back and been on fire for homers. Um, Sean and I came back last night, pitched, pitched pretty well. Um, Piscotti is beginning his rehab. He's expected back on Friday. Hunter Pence was DL'd with the hamstring injury. Carlos Gomez DL'd with the hamstring injury. Four to six weeks is his return time. Yoannis Cespedes is going to resume running this week. And Miguel Cabrera was a late scratch tonight with a grade one, which is the least severe oblique strain. Um, Nick mentioned Freddie Freeman was removed from tonight's game after being hit by a pitch. The x-rays were inconclusive. Um, Let's play pessimist with Freeman and Cabrera. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those two guys and they end up on the DL, what first baseman are you targeting off the waiver wire to replace them? Well, let me just say this real quick. I was so I was watching that Brave game, and it really did not look that bad to me. Um, he didn't seem like he was in that much pain. I mean, he was wincing when the trainer was, you know, feeling around on his wrist. But I don't know. It didn't look that bad. I'm. I'm just – I own him. I'm hoping that he's okay. Uh, but obviously you can't replace his value. The guy's on pace right now for 60 home runs, and his stats are just ridiculous. Uh, who do you have as your first baseman? I'll go after you go. Uh, a guy that I've kind of looked at with some skepticism, but uh, the more I've dug in on, the more I'm thinking he's pretty for real is Justin Smoke. Hmm. Um, he's brought his K rate way down. Um, he's got a solid walk rate. He's making a good amount of hard contact. And we've seen guys break out late career in Toronto before. Um, this is a guy that had a similar pedigree to Chris Davis um, years and years and years and years ago. And it looks like he might be finding his way at minimum. Or, or at worst, I should say, you're looking at a player who is um, – on a hot streak and might be able to sustain that hot streak. So, and you know, if this is not a serious injury for Freeman or not a serious injury for Miguel Cabrera, uh, they can carry, he can carry you for the next couple of weeks on the tail end of this hot streak and get you to where those guys are back. Yeah. I, I like that pickup. Uh, a guy that we haven't spoke about in a while, um, but definitely people need to start paying attention to. And a really good filler for these two guys would be Tommy Joseph. Um, he started out so bad in April, 179 batting average, 476 OPS. That's really bad. Um, but in May, very quietly, he's batting 385. He has a 1.310 OPS, four home runs. He's walked seven times and struck out 11 times. Clearly, he's made an adjustment, figured out his game again. He's starting to play well. And he was, we were, I mean, almost everybody in our league was all over him pre draft. And he was quickly dropped in most leagues. So he's out there for the picking right now. Go out and get Tommy Joseph before he, you know, breaks out. He's going to end up with 25-plus home runs this year. 
Yeah, I like that pickup as well. A um, couple of other things to note. Blake Snell sent down. Erasmo Ramirez is going into the rotation. Oh, Jose uh, De Leon, let's go. He's almost there. Yeah, he's like seventh on their depth chart. It's not gonna happen. Uh, let's go. No, he's behind Faria and he's behind Honeywell. Um, not going to happen for you. Sorry. Honeywell's the guy, though. Yeah, I like Honeywell. Honeywell is the guy. Yeah. Um, Carrasco left his start last night with what's being described as left left pectoral tightness. Um, they said that they expect him to make his next start, but we know how that works. Um, okay, so now that we've discussed every injury on the planet, let's discuss some more injuries. Let's talk about some injured players that we may or may not want to trade for. And let's kick it off with Wilson Ramos. Latest news is that he's aiming to start his rehab at the end of the month, which is approximately 10 days away. Um, are you buying and what would you give up if he's owned? He's only owned in 13% of Yahoo leagues at the moment. It, it, before I jump into that, it's it's really like rare, especially in our league where you see trades go down for injured players. But I, I just think it's a really smart thing to do, uh, as, you know, especially when it's a questionable injury and it's up in the air. Owners get worried. So I'm always out there trying to buy injured players. I just bought Kendameda for really nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I think Kendameda is fine. And I basically got a seventh round pick, eighth round pick for a bunch of free agents. But yeah, I, I just, I just recommend really trying to take it out. You know, this is a good opportunity to go out and buy. He's when a player first hits the deal. As far as uh, Wilson Ramos, I'm buying, but as a pickup, I mean, he's, he's available in in most free agencies um and he looked really good last year i've always been a huge fan but obviously injuries have always played a big part in him having down seasons uh, i think he comes back i think he turns it in he hits for good average hits some pop and really helps that struggling Rays offense i i like ramos let me ask you this if you don't have an open DL spot. Are you picking him up and using up a bench spot? You know, a regular bench spot. Are you shorthanding your bench to own Wilson Ramos? Um, it, how bad is the catcher situation? Like, is my starting catcher like, like? Let's say, Russell let's say Martin? it's the let's say it's the common denominator. Well, Russell Martin's hurt. All right. Um, so let's say it's the let's say it's the common denominator. Let's say you've got. A okay catcher, but you can definitely improve. Yeah, yeah, I would, I, I would do it. He's worth okay. it. Okay. I don't think I would. Um, I'm concerned. One, one, he's got to go through rehab clean, and he's still a. Uh, he hasn't even started the rehab process. He's going to probably take the full. Um, amount of time that means we're looking at a guy that's coming back best case scenario in one month's time if he comes back in one month you're looking at the end of june then you're at the all-star break shortly thereafter you're not going to play him every day right away even with the dh um, because they want to keep him healthy this was a two-year deal the whole purpose of the two-year deal was to get him healthy to get him on a deal We'll get him on a cheap price for next year. Um, I don't know how much he's going to catch this year. 
I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not into it, especially given the fact that DL spots are so precious because there's such an abundance of injured players right now, and you're going to short. You're going to shortchange yourself by um, owning or, or holding on to a guy like Ramos for a month um, when you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's even going to come back. Um, you expect that he will, but you don't know. Um, and to me, I, I'd much rather keep it on a higher-end asset or an asset that I know um, has performed to this point. Okay, another guy who has not seen uh, action yet, who actually just started running this week, Adrian Beltre. Um, are you buying Beltre? And what would you give up if you're buying him? Yeah, no, I'm not buying. Um, whoever drafted him has already waited this long. So, like, why move him on the cheap at this point? Like, you missed your opportunity to buy, which should have been, like, a month or so ago. If, if you asked me in, like, the first, well, let's say the second week of April, then I would have probably bought. But now it, it's, it, would, it would be tough to get him on the cheap from the, the Beltre owner. I, I think it would be tough to get him cheap. But, I mean, even if I could get him cheap, I don't think I would, would get him. Pretty much. I mean, at this point, it's late May, and the guy is just starting to run. He's on a very similar time frame to what Ramos is. Um, so let's say he's back by the end of June. Um, there's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy at this point. He's an older player. Um, older players have a higher risk of, uh, injury. They have a higher risk of decline. I don't know. I'm, I'm not expending any sort of reasonable asset to go out and, and the guy that owns Beltre is sitting there saying, I've waited two months for Beltre. I'm going to wait it out. I'm not going to trade him for cents on the dollar, and I'm not willing to pay more than ten cents on the dollar. So I don't think there's a deal there for me. Yeah. Okay, this guy is not injured, but he qualifies for um, you know similar circumstances. Qualifies under similar circumstances. Starling Marte. Uh, he's suspended. He's got approximately 20 games into his suspension. So we're looking at somewhere between 55 and 60 to go. Marting at all. Yeah, I, I, I try to buy him right now. Uh, it's still early, so I think you might be able to get him on the cheap. Uh, I would offer Peraza, Brett Gardner, Yaziel Puig, or Anciarte. I don't know if that would be enough to get him, but those are the names that kind of like come to mind. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that those are fair names. Um, I don't know if I would do NCRTE. Um, I am an NCRTE owner. I, I kind of like him in Atlanta's new ballpark. But I, I I do have interest in buying Marte. I'll really have interest, honestly, and it sounds funny to say it, but I'd really like to wait one more week. <laughs> like just one more week, get Why? me to like, because there's just something about it being 50 games as opposed to 60. Yeah, um, and he's a guy that you can't. He's not a DL guy, so I can't stash him. So I'm leaving yeah. myself shorthanded, and I might already be shorthanded in terms of you know the amount of guys I have in the DL. So I'm buying him, but I do worry that 
about buying him too soon. Like there, he's a guy that's got a very interesting sort of situation because he can't go on the DL and it's, it's really, it's kind of tough to time when the best balance is between price and how far out he is from returning. Um, but I do have interest. A name that I threw out would, would be Cole Calhoun. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of boring, but you know, you get a guy that needs some runs um, and needs some pop. He gives you, you know, two thirds of what Marte would give you there. He doesn't give you the speed, but maybe the team has gone out and found their speed from another source, or maybe they're just decided to punt speed with Marte gone. Um, it's tough to find 45 steals at this point. Okay, uh, you want to assess for this. As mentioned above, he's hoping to resume baseball activities at the end of this week. He means he's probably about two weeks away. Uh, are you interested here, and what would you give up? Yeah, I'm interested. I really like Cespedes. Um, so I have a name here. I, I think you're going to disagree with me, but I may sell a really scorching hot Marcelo Zuna. Um, or no. Because he, he's kind of – I feel like he's almost similar to Cespedes, like a younger, healthier Cespedes. But I don't know. The, the start is – I think he is going to cool down a bit, I mean, from what he's done so far. So I was thinking – I mean, that, I think that would get the deal done. But would you give up I think I, I think it, I think it would. I think it would get the deal done. Um, it, I find it – yeah, you know what? I would do it. The more I've thought, the more I've thought about it, I, I would do it. Uh, I am high on Ozuna, but Cespedes is a is a special talent. He's got the track record, um, and you've missed his injury. Um, you know, I, he's he's always a guy that seems to play in about 135 games, and you've missed the window where he's going to be hurt. Now, obviously, there's no guarantee that he doesn't get hurt again, but um, you know, when you pencil him in for 135 games at the year start, he's still um, yeah. And since he's been to the Mets, he's been a 30 homer, 290 guy, and there's just not that many of them. And we saw Ozuna get off to a great start last year and then go into the tank thereafter. Um, Cespedes has made some gains in terms of his plate discipline, in terms of his batted ball profile, in terms of his authority. Um, I'm a huge fan. I would absolutely swing that deal the more I've thought about it, yeah. I also had just secondary, I had uh... – Adam Jones and Michael Brantley as two other guys. Yeah. Um, I actually even have Ozuna's teammate Yelich as a guy that I would throw out there for Cespedes. Oh, that's, that's – I don't know a, if you're willing to go that high. Nah, not not Yelich. Yeah, I am. Um, because I think Cespedes' high end is higher than Yelich's high end at this point. Okay. Um, okay, David Dahl, still far away according to management – um, what would you give up, if anything, for David Dahl? Yeah, I wouldn't give up anything. And I like the player, but the team is crowded. This injury just sounds worse every single time I hear about it. So I'm staying far and away from David Dahl. With the caveat that I love Dahl's talent long-term, um, I own him in a dynasty league, and I am still very excited for his future. I don't think this is going to be the year. Um, the injury sounds like it's lingering um and he's struggling to come back from it and that offense is humming they found some pieces i mean they've got reynolds um 
there. They've got Parra there. There's really no need for them to rush him back. Um, I would think even if he was healthy, he'd probably be in AAA, um, given the amount of time that he's missed and the fact that they really don't need him at this point. And at 22 years of age, he can probably spend some time in AAA and it'll do him some good. Um, okay, Noah Syndergaard, 60-day uh, DL. He's not going to throw for six weeks, which is now five weeks. What would you give up, if anything, for Syndergaard? Yeah, I would buy. I would still buy. I, I love Syndergaard. You know, before the season started, I had him as a guy that could become the closest thing to Kershaw. Um, you know, him, Sale, and, and, and Mad Bum. But I, I'm I'm still going to buy. Uh, the, I think the best I could offer, though, right now, uh, my Odorizzi has been very solid. I'd offer Harvey because I still think he carries some name power, even though he's been bad. But I'm completely out on him. He just looks awful, and he is laboring every single start. Um, but I, I think a name out of those, out of those, another, another name to add, I think that may get the the, the deal done, is Ivan Nover, who, who has really started. He's been, you know, last year, the second half, he was great on Pittsburgh. This year, he's been really good. Um, but I like, I, I'd rather wait and take Syndergaard's short period of upside over Nova's boring regular ass self. Um, okay. Some names that I would throw out there for Syndergaard because I, I would be interested in buying him, um, but only at a certain price. Uh, Odorizzi is a guy that, that I like that's got some, that's got a limited ceiling. Uh, and, and those are the types of guys that I'm looking at. I mean, Urban Santana got off to a really good start this year, but he's got a very limited ceiling. Uh, Nova, who you mentioned, is one of those types of guys um, who has a limited ceiling. Um, I would even go as high as Alex Cobb, who's been very good. But um, the reason why I would even go up to Alex Cobb is, and I kind of think him and Odorizzi are in the same sort of class. Maybe Santana's a step back from those two. But Alex Cobb is especially good because he's got so much risk downside Mm -hmm. um, that you're really – you, you probably factor in a DL stint at some point for Alex Cobb this year. So you're kind of baking Cobb's DL stint into Syndergaard's DL stint. You know, you're going to have to replace Cobb at some point. So you're just replacing him for a longer period of time until you get Syndergaard. Um, and I think it's a very similar analysis for Bumgarner. Would you agree? Is there is there a different guy that you would go to for Bumgarner no. as opposed to Syndergaard? Or are you no, shopping I- in the same area? No, I like Bumgarner a lot more than Syndergaard. And I would trade maybe a Rich Hill, who just came back and had a good start. I would trade a Danny Salazar. I would trade a Gaussman. I would even trade a really good so far Triggs, who's you know who's been really good this season. I, I would do all that for Bumgarner in a second. We Like I said, we haven't gotten an update on Bumgarner yet, but I really just am so confident that the first update will be a positive one. Um. I'm a little higher on Bumgarner than I am Syndergaard, but I'm not as high as you are. Uh, like a Tanner Roark would be a guy that I would throw in. Um, I've got him a little higher than the guys I mentioned about Syndergaard. Um, Aaron Nola, who's coming back, is a is a pitcher I like a lot. Um, who I would be willing to sell to get to get Bumgarner again. Um, Nola sort of carries some injury risk, some of the injury risks that I mentioned with Cobb 
and it, you know, it's obviously inherent in Rich Hill. Um, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of, by selling him, you're kind of acknowledging the risk and baking it into Bumgarner's DL stint. Um, what do you think about trading David Price um, for Bumgarner and a little more? Uh, it, it just depends on how you feel about the Price injury. Um, and that injury really carried out a little bit longer than they thought. So, I mean, I, I, I would probably do it. I, I love Mad Bum, and, I, and if you have Mad Bum for a playoff run, you're going to be golden. So I would probably do it. I'm really scared of this price injury. I just – I have a feeling he doesn't get past it this year and just has a down season. Yeah, I'm very concerned about the price injury as well. Um, but if I, – I, I think it's got to be Mad Bum plus a little more. Um. For me to get rid of price, uh, you know, maybe a closer, maybe a, a bat um, that I like. That's a bench bat that I think has some upside. But I, I do like that combination because I think the guy that drafted price probably had the upper hand on the waiver wire and has added a couple of arms. Um, you know, maybe an Andrew Triggs who you mentioned, or um, an Irvin Santana who went undrafted. You know, maybe they've got a little bit better depth because they um, they had Price and they needed to get the insurance in case Price wasn't going to come back. And and one thing to add about – because I, I actually like that offer a lot now that I'm thinking about it because when Price does come back, he's going to be on an innings limit. So figure the first three starts, he doesn't break 100. Like, that, you know, the first two, he's going to be at probably, I don't know, 70, 70-ish. Um, so – that's already uh, three starts. Let's just say that's a week and a half, two weeks. And if you fast forward a week and a half, two weeks, that that leaves you only about what a month until Mad Bum starts throwing again. You know what I mean? So well, that's your theory, but yeah. Well, if the, if it's the original timetable, he's already done a month, um, and they said six to eight weeks before he throws. So yeah, he'll be throwing in another two, three weeks. And then we'll see. It, it, uh, and if he's ahead of it, then it's gravy. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about David Price. So the rehab assignment is uh, underway. I believe he threw four innings um, in a game. Um, could be the end of the month. Could be early June. What would you give up for David Price? Yeah, as much as I did like him, uh, I, this is similar to Beltre where you missed – the right time to buy and now it's just too close and the price owner has waited it out he's had patience and there's i don't see how a deal could possibly get done so I'm, yeah I'm not i I, I agree with that i think it would be very very difficult for um someone to get the price owner to sell david price at this point for any sort of reasonable price um but Arms that I would throw out there, um, Eduardo Rodriguez and Robbie Ray are two that I would consider. Um, they're sort of flawed high K guys um, that 
people think have a lot of upside and they do have a lot of upside, but uh, they need to make changes to realize that upside and they haven't made those changes yet. Um, so I wouldn't mind cashing out on those guys um, to take the chance on price. Okay, uh, Corey Kluber. And 10-day with back discomfort. They were hoping he was going to be back this past weekend, but he's still out. Um, what would you give up for Corey Kluber? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested. I, I, I'm, I've just never been a Corey Kluber guy. I, I've just had a stigma about the player for some reason. And, and, and the funny thing is, I, I mean, I, I, I like the stuff. I like the outcome. I like the stats, the stats of the last couple of years. He is like, my type of player, but there's just something about him. I guess maybe it's the age, the fact that he started pitching well at an, at an older age. I don't know. But, I mean, even before the injury this season, he's got a 5.06 ERA. And I think that's going to come down. But still, the price is going to be too steep for me. So I'm staying away. Uh, he had a rough start to the year. And he's got the injury now. And he's got workload questions because he took on such a heavy workload in the postseason. Um, he's progressing slowly. There's no timetable for him to come back. So now you're probably looking at a week before he takes any steps, and then you figure at least one rehab start, probably two. So two to three weeks being your best case. You're looking, you know, early June. Um, I'm still buying, though. Uh, you know, this is a pitcher that's got elite skills. Uh, he still showed those skills. He was a little unlucky in his sample this year. So now you've got a nice window here with the injury and the poor results kind of doubling down and pushing down his value. Um, I think I go, you know, maybe a rung lower. Like I would, I would consider a Quintana, a Stroman to try and get Kluber because I don't expect him to be out long. Okay, Cole Hamels, oblique. He's out now five to seven weeks from the from based upon the original time frame. Uh, are you buying Hamels, and what would you give up? A bad oblique injury. I, I am completely out, and that's it. I hate them, even though it's for a pitcher. I, I don't care. This is a tough one, and it, obliques. That, that are this bad, it's it's hard to come back from and, and stay healthy. So I'm staying away. What about Gio Gonzalez? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yes, I, I hate Gio. What about Drew Pomerantz? Without a doubt. He's got tricep issues, and he ha already had a blow-up start. I, I think I think Pomerantz is destined to hit the DL again. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm. You, I mean, those guys. Yeah, but those guys. That, they're kind of like waiver fodder. I. I, I don't know what's Geo's percentage. You think? Like probably about sixty-five to seventy oh, percent. All right. Like yeah. So he's gotten off to a pretty good start. I would move both. Okay. So would I. But I don't know if I'd go much higher than that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Stephen Matz set to begin a rehab assignment. What would you give up if you're buying at all? Ugh. Uh, I'm completely out on Matt's as well. I mean, if there's anyone in this league that you could say is injury prone, it's this guy to the 10th degree. He's completely made of porcelain, but there are a couple of scenarios. I, I, like after I, after I did my notes on Matt's and 
it was really quick because I'm just like, no, right away. I'm just like, no, I'm not buying him. He gets injured every other day. Then I was thinking like relievers right now. I just think the reliever market is a good sell high. Um, and there are a lot of closure situations that are up in the air. And we spoke earlier about like uh, Brock. And I don't know, like save people love save. So I, I think as far as that goes, I would I would probably move Brock for Mets. I would probably package Brock and a low and let's say a Brock and Pomeranz for Mets. I would take that risk on on those two guys for for major upside in Mets. And if Mets gives you ninety innings or close to hundred innings, he's going to be like Andrew Miller. He's going to be really good, you know, in those ninety hundred innings. Yeah, you know, when I was looking at this last week, I kind of was down on the idea of acquiring Mats, but I, as I've thought about it and as I've looked at him, I, I've kind of come around on it as well. Um, we perceive Mats as risky, and he certainly is. But I, I don't think he's going to be expensive in most leagues. He's got great stuff. No one can dispute that. Um so, I mean, you're, you're buying the upside with the known risk. And, you know, the owner at this point might want to unload that risk, might need to unload that risk. He might need a warm body. Um, you know, like a Taiwan Walker would be a name that I would throw out there. I mean, you mentioned Pomerantz. Um, you mentioned closers. Yeah, I, I think I would make all those deals because I think that Stephen Matz is the type of guy that, um, if he gets hot down the stretch, he can get you into the playoffs. If he gets hot during playoff time, um, you know, he can be a cog in a championship team. Would you uh, – I know you're a Pineda hater. Putting your bias aside, would you trade Pineda for Steven Metz? I would love to get off the Pineda bandwagon if I owned him in any format because I have watched him pitch, and I think he's a ticking time bomb. Okay, so you, you um, would you would you would trade him for Mats? If I would, I would have to get more than Mats back. Okay. At this point, at this point, I can do I can sell Pineda for more than Steven Mats. So okay, I need to get more than a pitcher that may or may not pitch a game this year for Michael Pineda. All right, let's move on before we start yelling about Michael Pineda. <laughs> we don't want to okay. fall into that vortex again. Nope. John Gray, no timetable. He's visiting a doctor this week. Hopeful that a timetable will be established. Um, before you tell me if you're buying John Gray, would you rather buy John Gray or Stephen Matz? Stephen Matz. And agreed. And that's coming from and that's coming from someone who really liked John Gray. But I'm out. This injury just has just grown slowly into like a major problem. At first it was the toe, then it's the foot. And when I hear the words stress fracture, that's basically like saying, stay away from me. Do not own me. Like those are, <laughs> those are like, stay away death. From me. <laughs> yeah, those are like words of death. Um, so, but I do like this stuff and I wish he was healthy. Cause I, I like them as a breakout player this year, even in cores. Um, and this, this, this is an injury that can definitely linger. So I'm staying away. Um, I'm not staying completely away. Gray has the worst ballpark than Matt's. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you that the injury is 
just as concerning in redrafts because it's lingered. He had an issue in spring training and then he came through it and then he started and he wasn't good and then he got hurt and he's been on the disabled list ever since. And when he first got on, it didn't sound like it was going to be a big deal, but it became a big deal. Whatever. Um, He's the type of upside arm that I'm willing to take a shot on, but it would have to be at a reduced price. It would have to be even below what Matt's is going for, um, which I'm not sure he would be, but it is possible. I mean, you know, Colorado pitchers, people get scared. So, you know, the guy that has gray might be saying this guy's hurt and he's in Colorado. How many times am I even going to get to use him? Yeah. And at that point you might be able to get him dirt cheap. Okay, uh, let's do James Paxton, and then we'll wrap this segment up. Um, he's hoping to – he threw today, actually, in the outfield. Um, if he wakes up tomorrow pain-free, he's going to throw off a mound. And if that goes well, he'll start a rehab assignment, and they're saying they would like him back um, by the end of next week, next weekend's series against the Red Sox. Are you making an offer for Paxton? Yeah, this this was a tough one because um, I, I really do like the player, and he looked amazing before the injury. But I think the price will still be really steep considering what he he's done in the last you know month or the first month of the season. Um, I worry about re-injury. He's never really pitched the full season. Uh, so I'm staying away, but that's I'm taking nothing away from the player. I still really like him. I just... I worry about the price. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you as a Paxton owner, I, I would not sell him for less than 95 cents on the dollar at this point. Yeah. Um, and even then, I would have to think long and hard about it because he looked fantastic when he was there. Um, you know, the injury is a concerning one because it's a forearm strain, but at the same time, it seems like he's on the path back sooner than later. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's really hard to sell an ace pitcher that's 10 days away for anything less than, you know, a borderline ace um, in today's market. So it, I think he's going to be a tough sell um, or, or a tough buy, I should say. Okay, let's move to name a player. Um, going to describe a type of player, and we're both going to name a player who we feel fits that description. So, Nick, name a high-end player that's off to a fast start that you are selling. All right, so I have Lance McCullers as my guy. Um, mm, interesting. We, we, yeah, we knew the potential. I mean, everyone knows the potential of McCullers um, and you know what he could do with Ks. He's... The kid's got insane breaking stuff, but I'm selling before he gets injured again and while he's super hot. Of course, well, and I shouldn't say before he gets injured again. Um, I just think that he has a strong chance of re-injuring himself, the way he throws the ball, and how good he's been. His value is so high right now. I think you could really rake in a nice deal as a McCullers owner, given the pitching climate right now. Um so I would sell him and cut the risk and try and grab a top talent. Yeah, I don't mind the, the thought process of selling him the cut risk. 
um, because he is definitely an injury risk. And I mean, pitchers in general are injury risks, but yeah. McCullers is a guy that's got some extensive problems. Um, that said, I, I think he's kind of like Paxton. I think he's tough to sell because he's taken that step forward this year. I mean, the control has greatly improved. He's still got the K's. He's getting the ground balls. Um, he's got an awesome team behind him um, that's going to get him plenty of wins for leagues where wins matter. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, cutting the risk is great, but again, what am I getting back? You know, like what are you what are you getting back that's making it worthwhile to sell Lance McCullers? I mean, like I said, given the pitching climate right now, I think people will pay. So you brought up a guy before. Like, if I get it offered, I'm I'm gonna bring up offense real quick because um, I think this is where the line is. But like, if I'm offered. Christian Yelich, I'm making that deal in a heartbeat. I don't know if you're as I don't think you're as high on Yelich as me, but I like um, Yelich a lot. But no, I'm not making that deal. Yeah, I'm definitely making it. If I'm offered, if I'm offered Quintana, who's been struggling, I'm making that deal. I'd rather take the consistency in Quintana and the much, much, much less risk, and I'd make that trade as well. I with, with like with my eyes closed. All right, yeah, we're obviously on different yeah. ends of the spectrum when it comes to the colors. Uh, my player that is off to a fast start that I'm looking to sell is Will Myers, and we're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to this mm -hmm. one too. Um, a lot of Myers' production was front-loaded. Uh, he started to heat up again in the last few days, um, but a lot of his production comes from the first week or so of the season. Uh, he's striking out at a 5-1 to one clip, 25% K rate, 5% walk rate. That's backed up by a 13% swinging strike rate, which is up substantially year over year. Um, he's got a bad team around him. He's behind last year's pace in terms of steals. Um, he's got an extensive injury history in his past. Uh, if he's not going to walk, his OBP is going to be relying on his BABIP, which stands at 336 right now despite a 16% infield fly ball rate. When Myers goes cold, he's going to be ice cold. I think it's going to look like the second half last year. So if I own Myers, I'm trying to get off that boat now before the fall comes. Yeah, I love Myers. I mean, again, tonight, two for four. He's just seeing the ball so well. When he gets hot, he's becoming one of those guys that, like, you know, who, who gets, like, Todd Frazier-esque. When he gets hot, he's just un-freaking believable. Um, so I, I still like him, but I don't mind the sell because the value is so high right now. I think you could really break in a sick deal for, for Myers. Yeah. That's really my point. Is, yeah. is I I'm think with you on that. I think you can get a lot for him at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Name a high end player. That's off to a slow start that owners are going to regret continuing to hold on to. Let me ask you, do you, you have, you have Polanco for this? Yes. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback you with this, um, so that people really get the point. But he looks completely lost, and he's batting 179 since the last All Star break. Uh, I, and you you were a big Polanco guy. I was a lot less than you, um, and a lot of our friends also were, were very very big on Polanco and and analysts as well. All analysts were high on Polanco last year like crazy. Um, but 
I never saw the big breakout potential that everyone else thought. I always thought like he could hover around 2020, but now he's just like not seeing the ball well. He he kind of reminds me of like bad year Ian Desmond. He kind of reminds me of Ian Desmond altogether. Like he he'll come back next year and hit. I don't see that at all. I I, I just it not 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 the player so much, but the the stats. Like I don't know. I just. He, lingering injuries. I, I just don't like Blanco at all. I'm completely out on him. Well, long term, I'm not completely out. But he, here's the issue with Polanco that that I see. He, I I think he was primed for a big year, and then very late in spring training, it came out that he was having some issues with his shoulder. And that immediately sent up a red flag for me because he uh, shoulder injuries are terrible for power. So Polanco is a guy that is a 2020 guy. Uh, you know, he's going to be in a healthy year, a mostly healthy year. He's going to be at best 2020. He's going to be 25, 25, 2025, 25, 20, somewhere in that spectrum of results. Um, so he needs his power to keep his value up because what makes him so valuable is the power and the speed together. So when you find out that the power might drop off because of a shoulder injury, his value just plummets. Um, he's shown pretty good plate discipline this year, which is why I disagreed with you about Desmond. I mean, he's got a double digit walk rate and the K rates down into the low teens. Um, but I think he's being more passive at the plate because I think he realizes that he doesn't have the kind of authority that he had last year um, in his swing. And I think that pitchers will find him out before long. Now, he was placed on the DL with a hamstring injury, which is good and bad. Bad being, well, now he's got the shoulder problem, which is going to hurt his power, and he's got a hamstring problem, which is going to hurt his speed. But what I'm hoping is, is that the hamstring problem gets better with the rehab and the shoulder issue corrects itself because of rest. Um, now that's a long shot. I would buy Polanco in the lowest of circumstances, but I think that people are going to start Polanco a vast majority of the year when he's healthy. And I think that's going to be a mistake. Okay. Name a waiver wire pitcher. That's going to be relevant all year. Yeah, a guy I love that we really haven't spoken about on the show at all is Jordan Montgomery. Um, I don't think he's widely known amongst uh, fantasy owners right now because he was never really a highly touted prospect. Um, but the Yankees absolutely love him. Girardi, you, they could be talking about like the grass in Yankee Stadium. He'll find out a way to bring up Jordan Montgomery. They could be talking about the 2009 World Series run. He'll somehow like credit Jordan Montgomery for getting them there. Um, they absolutely love him, and I, I, watching him pitch, the kid is really, really good. I see, a, I see a future ace, and I'm like more confident in him becoming a future ace than Luis Severino, who's like insane right now. I, I really love the kid, and I, I just feel like at some point this year, because he is already polished, I just think he's gonna hit some kind of sick, you know, streak and just 
turn in a really, really good season. Under the radar play that could be had right now for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I like Montgomery. I've seen him pitch. I think I think he's got the tools to be a very good pitcher. I don't think he's got the tools to be an ace, but I think he could be like a high-end number three on a major league staff. Um, I don't think it's going to be this year. I think he's still got some work to do on his command. I think he's got some work to do on his um, usage. And just some growing to do at the major league level. But the good news is, is that I think that um, the Yankees are high on him, as you've said. So I think he's going to kind of be able to learn at the major league level, which is going to be good for um, his development. They seem committed to him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I like him a little bit better in dynasty formats than I do in redrafts. Um, Cahill was going to be my guy here, but, he came down with the shoulder strain today, or at least it was announced that he had a shoulder strain today and he hit the DL. So I'm not going to recommend the guy that's on the DL because you don't know what he's going to be like when, or if he gets back, Alex Wood is another guy I would have liked to have picked here, but I am worried that Alex Wood is going to be subject to the musical chairs rotation of the Dodgers um, in and out and back and forth to the bullpen, et cetera. But if he's in the rotation for the rest of the year and healthy, he's going to be fantastic. Um, so the guy I settled on was Nate Carnes. Um, he's got 34 Ks and four walks in his last 23 innings. Wow. Um, he's throwing his curve as much as he's throwing his fastball, a la Rich Hill. Um, he also employs a good change as his third pitch. Um, so he's got three pitches that he can use. He's getting ground balls at a 55.2% clip in addition to double-digit Ks per nine. Um, his ERA still isn't that great, which is why he's available in 75% of leagues. Um, but that's because his homer per nine is inflated. And I'm not going to lie, that's part of his profile. I mean, he's got homer problems. But it shouldn't be as high as it is based upon his career average. And... Uh, I would feel safe projecting him below his career average because he's in Kansas City, which is a very, very tough ballpark for power. Um, it might be the toughest ballpark for power in the AL. Um, so I think the ERA is going to come down. I think he's going to keep a uh, K rate between uh, 9.5 and 10.5. And, and it looks like he's um, – going to be able to keep his walks in check as well, which has been a bugaboo of his in the past. So I'm very high on him at this point. Yeah, I like him as well. And he's a name right now that's being thrown around by a lot of analysts. And I'm totally in. He looks great. I love the walk rate. Love the K rate. Uh, barring injury, he could be like this year's Rich Hill. Yeah, um, that's going to be the thing because he's – a guy that has shown flashes before and then gotten hurt and then come back and never been the same. So uh, that's something to watch when it comes to him. All right, name a waiver wire hitter that's going to be relevant all year. Kevin Pillar. Um, yeah, I've I've always been a fan of PRs. Well, Pillar, whatever, however you say it. We both um, liked him a lot last year. Yeah, I, I've always liked him, and so far this year, he's just been making. The sickest catches. He's on Sports Center every night. Um, but besides he's that, what, he's what we wanted Kevin Kiermaier to be. Exactly. 
you know, putting that aside because that doesn't matter in fantasy. <laughs> I really like it. I really like his offense a lot. He doesn't strike out at all. Uh, he's got speed. He's got power. He's on a good offense. He's in his prime age, um, and he's on pace right now to score 120 to 20 runs. So I I really like him. And if this guy could just put it all together and complete this season, he could be a top 100 player overall. I really like the player a lot. Yeah, I mean, he looks great at this point. Um, he's got some improvements in his play discipline profile. He's in a good situation here at the top of that lineup. Batista's starting to heat up. Smoke's made some gains. Donaldson's coming back. Tulu's coming back. Um, and there's not really anybody else there that's going to take that job from him. I mean, in some universe, maybe Travis does, but Travis could slide into the two-hole um, just as easily if he starts to hit. Um, yep. So, and, you know, I I, I always kind of like these glove-first um, type players because their bats tend to get underrated. And they I think they're sort of more likely to achieve um, late-stage breakouts because they get such a volume of at-bats because of their defense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they get exposure. They get a lot of playing time. They're able to work through their struggles, and then suddenly one day it just clicks, just like their defense does, and they're on fire. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I like PR quite a bit. Um, my hitter is Yonder Alonso. Um, we had to get him in. He is among the hottest names in fantasy at this point. I've got shares in multiple places. I was quick to pick him up in a dynasty league um, upon finding out that he was joining that fly ball revo- revolution and just got him over a week ago in our redraft and keeper league. Um He's the latest guy to change his approach, or, or one of the latest. Uh, he has good plate discipline, so selling out for power isn't going to kill his average uh, or make him susceptible to long slumps. I think from this point forward, I have him as a 275-25 homer guy, which if you pace him out is another 20 or so homers um, with obviously like a 275 average. Um, so I think that's a great player to have at your corner infield spot or your utility spot. Um, and I would absolutely go out and get him or maybe try and include him in the back end of a deal that I make. Um, you know, maybe he's not the primary piece in the deal, but he's the guy that I'm trying to get sort of thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like Alonzo as well. I used to like him a lot before he came up. I used to talk about him on the old, old, old podcast way, way, way back. Uh, before he came up to the Padres, because um, I like the average in the minors. He's always been a good, always had a good contact profile and didn't really strike out at all. So uh, now he's putting it all together for power. I think, I don't know, I think Alonzo could be like a really special player if this power continues. Um, so I, I'm in as well. I, either way, he won't, he won't hurt you in average. So I, I really like him. Yeah, and he's going to have pretty decent OBP because he walks. So yeah. for those in OBP leagues, he's going to be a nice asset as well. Yep. Okay. Name a mid-range player that has taken a leap that oh, you believe in. I cannot wait to talk about this guy right now. Hi, right, who do you think I'm going to talk about right now? I have absolutely we, no idea. Who do, who do we both love? 
a little bit more than everyone else. Uh, Eric Thames? <laughs> no, that would be too easy. And he's not <laughs> mid-range. He's like, and it's not, and we don't love him a little bit more than everybody else. Yeah. We loved him a lot more than everybody else. <laughs> way more, way more. Uh, no, I want to talk about Cesar Hernandez. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. This this guy is such a good hitter. Like, I don't know. I I I have a comp in my head, and I'm not even gonna say it because you're gonna think I'm nuts. But I love him. I love him. He's kind of fallen into like a small slump his last 20 at-bats. Just go out and try and buy him if you can. Um, maybe owners think that the first month of the year was lucky, um, but they're stupid because this guy is awesome. He's going to continue to get on base at a huge clip. He's a very disciplined, solid hitter. Um, I, it, if he stays healthy this entire season, he's just going to be a really good source of average, a good source of stolen bases. He's going to he's going to score runs, um, especially with when Odubel and Joseph and those guys start really coming out of their funk and start playing well. I love Cesar Hernandez. Love. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him as well. I think that I don't know what your comp was going to be, but I think it's reasonable project him into like a 15 homer 25 steel 280 type season with a boatload of runs because not only is he going to hit for a pretty decent average but he's got plate discipline so and patience so he'll walk um so he's going to get on base at a good clip as well the the the, Uh, the comp the comp was jeter by the way oh wow he reminds, me of him. he reminds me of him a lot at the plate, the way he swings. Okay. All right, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think. I had a player in mind, and I couldn't put my finger on it. He kind of reminds me of the 2016 version of Jose Ramirez. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, not, this year's, not this year's Jose Ramirez, but last mm-hmm. year's Jose Ramirez. Because I think – I think this year's version of Jose Ramirez is going to hit for more power than Cesar Hernandez ever yeah. will. Mm-hmm. But I kind of see I kind of see them as similar upside players. Maybe um, Hernandez uh, hits for a little bit lower average, but uh, walks a little more than Ramirez did last year. But I think they're kind of similar. Um, okay, my mid-range player, a little more higher end than you on draft day, but. Um, I think he fits the bill. Adam Duvall, um, oh. dude has turned into an absolute stud. I'm buying him wherever I can, which is nowhere, uh, because nobody will trade him to me because everybody knows I'm in love with him. Um, he's cut the strikeout rate. He's swinging and missing less. Um, that's the source of his average gains. His Babbitt still only sits at 282. Um, so the batting average gains are for real based upon the contact gains. Uh, he's kept his fly ball profile with ample power. Uh, he's in an ideal ballpark for his skill set. He's in an underrated lineup. Um, he's in a great spot right behind Joey Votto, who gets on base at a 450-plus clip for him to drive in. Um, if you can find anybody that doesn't believe in Adam Duvall, go out and get him right now. Yeah, I couldn't be more on board with that. I, I'm like, 
I I really love this kid as well. I think like next year, I think this year is going to be so good for him that next year he's going to be a top four rounds pick. Like he's going to be a top forty guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know I, if he'll go that high, but I could see him like Trumbo range this year. Yeah, okay. which was probably about a top fifty ish. Yeah, not far. So maybe we're just, maybe we're splitting hairs. Yeah, but I think I I'll tell you what I I just it's going to. In the next couple of years, I think he's going to wind up being like an elite player in the next couple of years. And at some point in his career, he's going to be like a top fantasy player, like around that first, first, second round range. I, I'm a, I love him as well. And they, there's not a better place to be in this, in this league. Okay. Name a mid-range player that has taken a leap or the public has perceived as taking a leap, but it's really a mirage. Uh, definitely Irvin Santana. He was, I didn't, I didn't even have to think about the guy. It was just like, boom, Irvin Santana. Um, yeah, right now I'm selling him with everything I got. I'm out there on the streets with a, with a friggin' coffee cup in my hand trying to sell him, uh, 1.50 <laughs> whip. Uh, I'm sorry, 1, 1.50 ERA with a 4.18 FIP. The league has a 128 BABIP against him right now. He is going to slowly morph back into and it may even get, it may be the bad so, and we call him for some reason. I don't know where that even came from, but uh, <laughs> sell now, sell yesterday. Yeah, um, uh, and I don't even think he's going to be bad no. when he regresses. Like he'll. He'll be perfectly fine as your fifth or sixth he'll be starter. Urban Santana. Yeah, he'll be Irvin Santana. But if you can get somebody that'll buy him as not Irvin Santana and something more, uh, yeah, then you want to sell him. Absolutely. Would you um, sell Irvin Santana for Steven Matz? Yes. Okay. I would too. Yes. Okay. Because I'm um, I'm trying to get that upside, and uh, I don't think Irv gives it to me. No. Okay, my player that uh, I think has, or, or, or I should say, my player that everyone thinks has taken a leap that has not is Starlin Castro. Um, he's pretty static year over year. The walk rate is up a little bit, the K rate is down a little bit, but they're in the same neighborhood. He's actually making less hard contact year over year. Um, he's putting the ball in the air a little bit more, which is good, and has a little bit higher homer to fly ball rate. But he also has a higher infield fly ball rate. The big difference in Castro from last year to this year is the Yankees are red hot right now, or they, they have been. Um, and he's got a 383 Babbitt compared to a 321 for his career and a 305 for last year. Um, he's going to be serviceable. Like, I have no doubt that he was probably underdrafted and that he should be on most rosters in mixed leagues. But I don't think that he's going to be a breakout player at second base. I don't think he's going to finish the year as like a top eight second baseman and if i can sell him as that i would uh yeah i i'm kind of against you on this I, watching him play right now he's he's just so in the zone it's ridiculous and we saw it last year in the second half as well 
Yeah, but that's just, just it. Like, he's in the zone right now. Like, You know, I know. Uh, but he doesn't have the skills to, like, sustain when he's not in the zone. Like, he's just going to ground out a lot. <laughs> well, first of all, he was – I thought he was very overrated in his early season in Chicago. He was going – I mean, I, I think that was when maybe the position was a bit more weak. Um, and when he was in Chicago, he had shortstop eligibility. He was shortstop second baseman, right? Yeah, he was shortstop for most of his time in Chicago. Okay. Um, well, I, I I really like the player, and I I think that what he's going to wind up being is a guy that's going to consistently be around 20, 20 home runs. Which at this point in the league, it's not that impressive, but it's useful at the position. But his bread and butter, I I really think he's going to hit for high average going forward. Um. I see him as like a two between a two ninety and three ten ish average kind of guy, and if he ends the the year with those numbers, he's going to score a lot of runs on a really good offense, and he's going to be more than good at the position. So I, I like Castro, and I, I'm buying. Um, what's the next one? Okay, name a player that you really believed in, that has yeah. disappointed. Yeah. All right. I'll admit when I'm wrong, Jose Peraza, what a bitch. You are <laughs> you are a real dick. All right? I mean, you watch him play and you just want to punch something. Um, he, it, his, <laughs> oh, man, I wonder why he got treated like seven times. <laughs> well, you know, watching him last year, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird that he just doesn't take a pitch. <laughs> I guess I should have took the warning signs, like the guy swings and everything. But, like, watching him now, it's worse than ever. He swings at everything. It's insane. He just can't take a walk. Um, Take a goddamn pitch. It's like like you play with Joey Votto. Does, does, is Joey Votto, like, giving you any advice whatsoever? I don't get it. Nope. Or, no, you're taking <laughs> advice from Billy fucking Hamilton. Like, Walk to the other side of the fucking dugout, asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that rant was pretty epic. All right. Uh, my rant is going to be less epic. It's not going to be a rant at all. Victor Martinez, um, just two homers so far on the season. He's hitting for no power. His ISO is at an even 100. Um, Martinez is hitting the ball a lot to the opposite field which is going to be okay for average, but he really needs to pull the ball to tap into his power. Um, I still think he's going to be more productive than he's been. He's got a really good hard contact rate, uh, but I don't know if he's going to pace to near 30 home runs and close to a 300 average. He's got more grounders than he's hitting fly balls, and he has had low power output in the recent past in 2015, and his profile looks similar to that. Uh, which might mean he's injured as well. Um, so right now I'd probably pace him out to 20 bombs the rest of the way, um, which would probably put him at somewhere around 18 for the season with about a 280 batting average, which is a nice player, but we were really on him as a major value at the draft table, and I don't think that he's going to turn into that. Yeah, we were, we were on the old guys, and so him and Beltran, and so far they've both kind of been pretty shitty, but – uh, yeah, yeah but I mean, at least Batista's coming back. I wrote about Batista, and oh, Batista's been God. killing it for like two weeks now. <laughs> thank God. I, I own him. It's been, it's been a struggle. But um, 
Yes, I'm yes. gonna write my cargo article next week and just trash him. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some good juju. I love cargo right now as a bylaw too. Um, yeah, so, that's why I don't want to sell him. But another another uh, negative thing to add about Victor Martinez is JD Martinez is back and Justin Upton is playing well. So if the struggles continue, I'm gonna give him another two weeks. And if they still are, if they still continue, and even Tyler Collins is hitting, Martinez could find himself at the very end of that lineup. That's another that would, and that would really hurt his value. Yeah. So yeah, that is a possibility. Castellanos is that in danger of that too. As much as we love him. Yeah, but the OPS is still all right. He's still like I think he's like seven twenty right now ish. Um, and he is making really good hard contact. Hopefully the coaches are looking at that. Uh, I think he'll remain, and he, I think I, I would – I mean, if you're talking about Victor Martinez versus Castellanos, it's not even close. I don't know if you – No, I agree. I'd rather have Castellanos, but at the same time, it's it's getting to the point now with Castellanos where it's like – Yeah, but it's the, the results tool. are going to have to – the results are going to have to start to show up in order for – because you got to remember, I mean, managers are managers. They don't – they're not. They're not looking at this and saying, "Oh man, he's gotten so unlucky." They're saying, "Like, oh, yeah. I'll, he's he's under too much pressure. That's why his line drives are being caught." You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But I, I also feel like the two hole on that team is kind of a weird place for a lot of hitters in this lineup. Like, like JD or Upton. I, oh my god, I would die if Upton went there. I'd be so happy. But I, I don't think it happens. I think I think I think Castellanos has a long leash. The the, the the team seems to really, really like the player. So I think he stays there and breaks out on his own. Okay. All right. To wrap up the show tonight, name a player that's already been dropped that owners are going to regret dropping. Kevin Kiermaier. Last time I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stand the boat. I'm going to roll with you one more time. Bring you up in a positive light one more time. Uh, I still believe. And, yes, Alfred has been deep. hot. He's been hot. Outfield is deep. I don't need you on my team. But if I was in need of any type of offense right now or outfielder, you would be the guy that I pick up. Uh, I still very much believe in the game. I love the speed. I love the power upside. I like the average. I think that's going to come up. Um, The team is going to get Wilson Ramos soon. And now all of a sudden, that one through six really is not that bad on the raise. So... I like Kiermaier, and people are going to regret it at some point this season. My my big issue with Kiermaier, I, I shouldn't say my big issue. There's a couple of issues that I have with him. Um, the K rate's up, which is concerning, and he's still popping out way too much. Um, so that said... It looks like it might have been a slow start, a prolonged slow start, and he's going to come out of it now. Um, he's, over the last week, been red hot. He's got a couple of bombs, um, and I think he's hitting something like 400 um, and has made his way up near the top of that lineup now um, or, or returned to near the top of the lineup after a stretch where he was hitting in the back end because of his struggles. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm buying him as a player that people might drop and regret dropping him, you know, and he might turn into like a 1530 type asset and hit around 265, which is a good player. So 
Okay, my player that's been dropped that people are going to regret dropping, Neil Walker. Uh, 34% owned. The K rate is down. The swing strike rate is down. The walk rate is flat. He's got identical ground ball to fly ball numbers. He's pulling the ball at the same rate. His infield fly ball rate is actually down. So there are two issues with Walker. Um, his BABIP is below his career average, which doesn't make sense based upon what I just told you. It should be the same or better um, according to his batted ball profile. And the big issue is his home run to fly ball rate is down. It's at 8.3% compared to 16.2%. Um, he's another guy like Kiermaier that's started to come around over the last week. Uh, I believe he had a very, very solid weekend series. Um, but this is a player that last year hit 23 bombs in about 120 games. He's on, pacing the 30 bombs. Um, I think Kevin Long is a magician with some of these guys, and I think Neil Walker would be a guy that you'd be looking at as like a 275 upper 20s homer guy at second base um, if he didn't get hurt last year. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if – he gets close to that pace this year because well, – and that's the other thing about him is, is that he's another one of these players. They When they get scorching hot, they get hot and he gets hot and he stays hot for a while. You know, he goes on month-long tears where he can hit, you know, eight, nine bombs and hit 330 for a month and carry you. And I think that what we saw last weekend is the start of that. I think he's going to have a very, very good month, and I think he's going to hit – around 25 bombs this year with like a 280 average. Yeah, I'm with you. I, we've, we've always been Neil guys since like, God, the first year of the league. Um, you know, I've always liked the, the, I've always liked the player. He's extremely safe, extremely, extremely consistent. But now I look at him and I, like he was kind of like always boring ass Neil, but now I look at him and I see like upside Neil. Like I see a lot of power in his game. So, you know, if he maintains that, what, he's usually like a what, like a two seventy ish hitter, right? In that area. Yeah, he's about a two seventy guy. Yeah. Yeah. So if he maintains that and and hits home runs like he did last year, I mean, the, now you're talking about a two seventy player who could hit, you know, around thirty bombs. And I don't know, the Mets' offense is pretty good. Conforto is out of his mind right now. Cespedes is coming back. So there's going to be a and Jay you know, Bruce is Bruce. Awesome. Yeah, Bruce and. Uh, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of runs in RBIs to be had on that team right now. So I really like Walker as well. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We will be back next week. We're going to be recording earlier in the week going forward, so you can probably expect us a day or two earlier than what we've normally been posting at. And uh, you can check the website for articles, fworder.com. You can find me on Twitter. At Patrick FWO. Nick, where can they find you? Nick FWO. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week.